Dan Striving Double Feature presents Pieces in Pieces, a minute-by-minute-ish podcast covering Juan Piquer Simon's Pieces from 1982, a.k.a. What's, what's the a.k.a. on? It is uh, Milgritos Tiene La Noche. Came on 82 in Spain and Europe, 83 in the U.S. and such. And uh, is mainly known as Pieces. It's it's a film that a lot of folks love. And um, I thought I, me, myself, Dan Budnick, hello, uh, would discuss this. Um, uh, if you're listening to this, I have, I, I've, I'm an author, I'm a podcast guy, writer. Um, but as far as the sort of minute-by-minute podcasts go, I have done... Minute with Night of Horror, uh, Minute to Dismember, covering Doris Wishman's Night to Dismember. I've done Minute with Blood Lake and Iced. I did the Last Lumber Party Minute. And the most recent one I did was One Minute with European Zombies circa 1980, which was Zombie Lake and Burial Ground, which was a lot of fun. And this is the new one. Uh, now, now the, um, the uh, title, Pieces in Pieces, uh, basically means that... Um, you know this is this this is being recorded in April of 2020. I hope you're listening to this uh, a couple of years later, and and everything is joyous and wonderful, and you're you're leaping about your lawn and running out into the streets and kissing your neighbors. But right right now we're not doing that. And I thought that rather than do a podcast covering a movie that is, let me check, around 86 minutes. Uh, rather than going minute by minute, I would go in chunks. And I don't know how long the chunks will be. I don't know how long they'll they'll cover. Uh, I will say that, that this first episode is going to cover the first four minutes of pieces. The uh, the English version of pieces, because the uh, on, on the Grindhouse Blue, they, um, the Spanish version is a minute longer. And I'll be talking about the Spanish version alongside the English version. Uh, but, but not through too much. I mean, uh, there, there isn't much difference. There, there's less dialogue in the Spanish version than there is in the American version, or the English version. Um, but I will be mentioning the Spanish version as we go through it. And I will be, I have the, um, the Grindhouse set. Was it the two Blu-rays and one CD? Um, and I also, yes... I have the, that is the plastic wrap around my mini puzzle of the naked lady covered in blood. So if you know the movie, I have one of the puzzles. Yeah. I forget. I think it was a limited edition of that. And that was some time ago. Was it? That was like six, seven years ago, something like that. Or a lot less. I forget. But regardless, we're talking pieces here. And this is J.P. Simon. And he directed, he directed, what was it like? Was it Journey to the Center of the Earth? I forget. He like a Jules Verne film. A few years after this, he'd do um, uh, like a, a Abyss, a Leviathan, um, uh, a Deep Space, Deep Space Nine, Deep Star Six uh, ripoff that I'm forgetting the name of, but it was fun. He also did, of course, Pod People, which many of you might know from Mr. Science Theater 3000. He also did the extremely entertaining Slugs, based on the extremely gory and entertaining novel Slugs. And this is his slasher film that came out, like I said, in 82, made mostly in Madrid. 
there, there. It, it's funny. I thought there was a lot of stuff done in Boston, but I guess there, there wasn't as much and uh, 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 done in Boston as I thought. And I will mention Jack Taylor's um, commentary, which is on the Grindhouse Blu-ray as we go. Also, Jack Taylor, who I thought was Spanish, and Jack Taylor was sort of a. Um, uh, you know Juan Taylor, but it's actually apparently, I guess, according to the commentary, he is from uh, uh, Oregon in in the U.S. So there you have it. Uh, you learn something new or old every day. So I am going to. So let's do this. The this podcast is going to go uh, in chunks, bits and bobs. Imagine, imagine this podcast. Imagine a big lake in front of you. Let's say, like Lake Ontario. I grew up near Lake Ontario, and you would go stand uh, in in Charlotte, um, which is near Arundacoit, where I grew up, and there was Lake Ontario. And the other side of Lake Ontario was more or less um, Toronto. I was thought like where they shot the police academy films. So whenever I knew a police academy film was coming out, I would stand on the shore with binoculars and look to see if I could see Mahoney or anyone just in the distance. I never could. But imagine you just take a good flat stone and skip it across the water. And if you if you've ever uh, skipped stones, they go like they they hit here and then they fly up in the air and they fly up, in, but not as far. But then they fly farther and then further, further, farther further and they're all distance all different distances all different spaces that's the way this podcast is going to be this first one's going to be four minutes it ends we're going to end right before the opening credits the next one will probably probably be the opening credits i don't know what the next one will be and we'll just go through it this this podcast could be well i I will tell you it ain't going to be 86 minutes but this podcast could be 60 minutes this podcast could be 30 minutes this podcast could be 70 minutes this podcast could be 20 minutes i sincerely don't know at this time and to be honest i don't care uh i i'm here to have fun with you guys and talk about freaking pieces oh my god so let me um let me play you this this is the trailer for pieces which i adore now normally i i i will play you guys the audio from the minutes of this but since i'm doing more than one minute at a time legally it's a little gamey so i will i will tell you at the start of each episode um where we're going and i'll probably just play the trailer or some bits of music or maybe maybe chunks of, of something when i can but for this one here's the trailer it's great warning what you will see in the movie pieces cannot be revealed cannot be described cannot even be imagined and you don't have to go to texas for a chainsaw massacre pieces it's exactly what you think it is pieces absolutely no one under 17 will be admitted My thing with pieces is that I first read about it possibly in Phil Hardy's Encyclopedia of Horror Movies, the first edition that came out in 86, the one that ended uh, with Jack Nicholson on the cover of the black cover with Jack Nicholson. The second edition is a black cover with Elsa Lanchester from Brad Frankenstein. The, f- the first edition is Encyclopedia of Horror Movies edited by Phil Hardy. And it's the one that um, 1980, it came out in like 85, 86. And 1985 is represented by three films. What is it? Uh, it's Day of the Dead, Nightmare on Elm Street, and Return of the Living Dead, which is a hell of a way to introduce uh, your 
year of movies. And and when you bought the second edition, there were so many more films in '85. I'm I'm sorry, folks. Due to the um, the way the world is at the moment, I'm actually separated from my copy of Phil Hardy's Encyclopedia of Horror Movies. But I seem to remember it being on the same page as uh, from 81 of My Bloody Valentine. So you get the picture in the lower left-hand corner. It's on the left-hand page in 1981 of the um, the sort of greaser kid who ends up in the freezer. And and then you get, um, what is it? Uh, uh, Mil Gritos Tiene La Noche uh, um, and the review of that. And I wish I could read it for you, but I don't have it here. I will read you this, however. This is... Um, Jeez, this is a film called the. Uh, this is a book called the horror film from Cinebooks. Came out. Oh jeez, Cinebooks from Evanston, Illinois. Came out in 1989. Cinebooks Home Library Series Number Four. I I never saw any of the others. The horror film, a guide to more than 700 films on video cassette. Um, and the great thing about this is it's a wonderfully entertaining book, and they pretty much hate horror films. So I, you know, you, you, mm, I, I applaud you for sticking. I hate to see what their Western books looks like, but this is page one eighty four. Pieces out of five stars, it gets zero. Nineteen eighty one, Spanish Puerto Rico co-production. I'd seen that before. Is this a Spanish Puerto Rico co-production? I thought it was just Spanish. Uh, bordering on parody which is where it kind of goes to now, but too sleazy to be very funny. Uh, this mad slasher film involves a cleaver-wielding psycho who lurks in the halls of a Boston university. Christopher George plays a detective baffled by the slayings, committed because the slasher is determined to construct a jigsaw puzzle woman out of body parts. And I won't read the last sentence because that'll ruin things, but that's the basics of it. Um, we, we won't get the... Um, the full-on of that in this episode because the the minutes that we're covering here is the very beginning when you see the house the the lovely house and it says boston 1942 we're going to go from that point up until and i i i hope this isn't a spoiler for you but it goes up until the point where the two cops and the neighbor are in the little boy's room timmy and uh they open their timmy has two closets I feel like that's a that's like an after school special. Timmy has two closets. I don't know what that would mean, but Timmy, I like I only had one closet in my room when I was a kid. I I don't know how this kid wore it too, but he has two closets. One you know the the right side, one left. And when they open the right side closet, uh, they see the mom's head, and they're oh my gosh, just the mom's head. What a, and and the and the neighbor says, oh Timmy, or what about Timmy, or whatever she says, and that's where we're ending, here. So they've seen the mom's head in the closet, and the neighbor is worrying about Timmy. So let us talk about the minutes, shall we? So, well, let's first off, let's talk, because the film is, is Spanish, but many of the people in it, I mean, the mom in this opening scene is clearly speaking English, and obviously Christopher George and Linda Day George and um, and Paul Smith obviously are speaking English, and I think a lot of the actors, Edmund Purdom, obviously, uh, he's speaking English, and this is a, um, a co-production from uh, Dick Randall, uh, who, uh, you know, we all... Uh, no one love so this is uh, sort of a film uh, they um, well if, if you know if you know his films Dick Randall's films you you know he has a certain thing he loves he loves being as exploitative as possible plus he loves boobs so we're gonna see lots of solid exploitation and boobs 
Hallelujah. So so what is this minute? This minute is basically to, to just cover it in, very quickly. Boston, nineteen forty-two, which would put it during World War Two, and it's implied when you see it that it's a little boy putting a puzzle together. In the uh, English version, he's uh, reciting Humpty Dumpty sat in the wall, the Humpty Dumpty nursery rhyme, which I hope you're all familiar with. In in the Spanish version, he doesn't be saying anything. He he just seems to be um, putting a puzzle together. His mother comes into his room and kind of does a sneak, sneak, sneak. Snake, snake, snake. Oh my gosh. He's putting together a puzzle of a naked woman. Now, I know that in in 42 we had Betty Grable we had Jane Russell we had all the all the all the 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 gals who were were there in the pinups who would you know you would send the, the posters and, and the photos to the boys in blue fighting overseas and I get that and I understand that the the naked puzzle seems to be a very I don't know what what branch of the armed forces would have received that and I don't know how this kid would have received it Timmy um but uh, I, you know, his mom implies that his dad, who we see a picture of him on the on the on the very very sort of briefly on on a, on the uh, dresser, a little dresser uh, that Timmy has, and he looks to be, I I don't know from the outfit, I, I'm not quite familiar. He ain't army or marines. I want to say he's air force, but but I'm not a hundred percent sure on that. So maybe he got the the nudie girl. Uh, puzzle but the thing is like he's got the nudie girl puzzle this little kid i don't know how old he is i mean he looks 11 12 13 uh um he he knows how fun it is to put together puzzles of naked ladies so he's not much younger than i'm trying to access my own mind here i never had puzzles of naked ladies that was the kind of household i grew up in but he has an and and his mom pulls I guess some nudie magazines out of a drawer. I don't. I mean, they look pretty like advanced for nudie magazines that she's pulling out of a drawer. So there's a there's a uh, there's a dichotomy in the time periods here. Where I don't I don't fully know that he'd have that puzzle and the porno magazines we see from a distance don't seem to quite match the time period. And the phone that rings at the end of the four minutes is a touchtone phone, which obviously was not something in 1942. Yeah, so, so well, setting that aside, because this was made by, well, that was written by, I think, two British guys, I believe, um, Dick Randall and, and Mr. Shadow, who we'll talk about in another episode, but directed by a, a Spaniard. A Spaniard. Um, but... So so yeah, I, I'm okay with the um, the the goofs in the time period. I'm I'm willing to let them ride because we're only in this time period for four and a half minutes of the eighty six minutes. But so yeah, the mom sees it and sh- and she goes in a fit because I guess the dad is also big on naked ladies. Um, that happens, and and you know she she kicks out the puzzle and throws magazines around there in his dresser drawer and says get me a bag i'm gonna take all this stuff and burn it and the boy comes in with an axe and kills his mom after he's done killing his mom uh, a neighbor shows up and rings in the doorbell doesn't get a response and leaves then we see the boy sawing something very prodigiously he he brought an axe and a saw um so, so yeah he went i guess he made a trip to the garage and uh the yeah, the mom is dead and uh the place is covered in blood i mean it's like 
It's not quite as gory as say like um, that that scene that none of us really talk about too much from from Jason Lives, where that one really sweet camp counselor gal is like smashed up and and like smashed to bits in her cabin and it's covered in blood but it's almost that bloody um we see it more like the 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 in jason lives we only see that bloody cabin interior for a split second unless you pause it then you can see it but but in the actual movie it's only for a split second here you see it everything is cut like one of the cops says it looks like a, a it looks like a butcher came through here you know kind of slaughterhouse sort of thing and um and we see the little boy covered in blood and he has a very nice little suit and he's got a short pants on which is is very 1942 uh put finishing the puzzle and i well i don't know if that he's finishing the puzzle because his mom kind of kicks the puzzle and it looks like it comes apart so maybe he's restarting the puzzle and so he hides in a closet and they show up and and like oh my gosh it's too quiet oh my gosh that's her head that's mrs dead lady that's her head and where's timmy or jimmy or limmy or lemmy i i don't i don't know but that's the minute basically so it's it's a very swift we're going to get another 30 40 seconds of it here i ended it here because i didn't want to go into the credits so as i said i had read about this movie in Encyclopedia of Horror Films, and I'd probably encountered it in a, in a few other horror-related things. I first saw it, I want to say, in 1989 or 90. I remember renting it from... I don't remember where I rented it from. It may have been a blockbuster, forgive me. I don't think it was. I think it was a shows to go and around the quite or it may have been the old church mall, although I think it was, this was before the old church mall. But I rented it because, look at the poster. I mean, look at that poster. You don't have to go to Texas for a chainsaw massacre, and this is exa- it's exactly what you think it is. Why wouldn't I rent it? And I remember, well, what happened is I remember renting it, and, um, oh, yeah, when the mom throws the puzzle, the pieces go everywhere. So there's... I don't think there's any way the kid put them all, unless he is an expert on the female anatomy. But much of that puzzle, she's in the middle of the puzzle. Much of the outskirts of that puzzle is just kind of like the pink background. Um, so, uh, yeah. So, I'm sorry, I have it. I just, I just started playing it right here. Um, that poor kid, and the, and the mom is nuts, and the mom is obviously having trouble, and he's obviously, yeah. So, but I remember renting it going out with friends for the evening thinking we'd watch it we didn't so when i got home at like 12 12 30 and this was when i was 16 or 17 um i remember putting it on at like one in the morning now i think maybe a month or so later i happened to come home around the same time and i put on hbo or cinemax or showtime and they were showing bits and pieces which is another um film uh, which has a lot more uh, sort of male stripper action in it but but i remember like both of them disturbing me uh quite a bit um but pieces is is kind of screwballery about it and i just remember like it's pretty darn gory and it's pretty nutty and a lot of strange stuff happens and it ain't it ain't nothing but a good time baby and it's it moves and it does what it does and it's 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 is it incoherent is it is it indecipherable is it whatever it is i don't know but it's it's fun and and so so that's that's why i'm talking about it now so let's just go very briefly through the minutes that i've already kind of already gone through and and then we will wrap this one up 
Uh, I'm trying not to make them too long. But so the first minute, yeah, is obviously a little boy, and he's he's somehow got access in 1942. Yeah, it's it's funny you think of um Ralphie from like a Christmas story. You know, it's like he's well, that that was more like 1940, I think. That was pre World War Two, uh, but. But still, like, for him, it was like getting his little orphan Annie decoder ring was his big thing. It's like, where did this kid get access to a puzzle of a naked woman and he has a drawer full of nudie magazines? Yeah, maybe in, and maybe if you were my age in the mid to late 80s, I could see it. But in 1942, I, I can't quite, but it doesn't matter. Who cares? He got access to it. And I'd like to think that that makes him all the more crazy because obviously this is going to be the gentleman who is doing the killing in the rest of the movie and we can discuss what we can discuss the 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 relative themes of the movie as we go along but and this is basically an angry mom a dad who apparently is a piece of it but then the mom might be crazy too she is she slaps the crap out of her son, which in 1942 you did. That's the kind of thing you did. If you had kids, you got your psh, and you just slapped them around. That's what you did. Heck, when I was growing up in the 70s, you you know you gave them a slap. You know we got a, we would get slaps here and there too. You know, now you don't do that, but back then you did, and back when I was young you did too, and that's just what you expected. You know, if if someone, I, I like I said, the mom kind of does a sneak, 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 and in the English version, when he's like, Humpty Dumpty sat on the wall, Humpty Dumpty had a big fall. Although I thought it was had had a great fall. Um, You can see maybe mom could sneak up on me in her, I guess her dress is okay. But in the Spanish version, there's no, he he isn't saying anything. So mom's sneaking up in her heels and such. Um, I don't know. Yeah, it's, I think it's it's a fun opening to the movie because it, it has that that great opening shot of the house, which, according to Jack Taylor, um, who's in the movie and who is on the commentary on the Blu-ray, and we'll we'll talk about that as we go. Uh, he's from Oregon, apparently. Um, he says that that house was in Madrid, like there was a spot in Madrid where a lot of the houses looked like American houses. So that house is in Madrid. That kind of makes sense to me, because whenever you see the house, you're seeing it very close up. Like, look in that opening shot, you're seeing, like, just a portion of the house and a window and some tree. And then you're just seeing the door. And then when you're seeing out the window, you're seeing down at the front side. You're not seeing the street. You're just seeing the house. Which implies to me that the rest of the street, or maybe the next house, was different. Maybe the next house was like, oh, oh yeah, that's Spain. I, I am... Um, that when he when he when Jack Taylor when I heard the commentary and Jack Taylor said that I thought oh that makes sense okay that makes that that explains that space and we'll see as we go um how it how it looks how it feels um yeah so yeah and, and the mom is killed and you know and she's tearing through his stuff and she puts a little uh, hairpin in her hair to tear through his like um one of his dressers and the drawers and things like that and then he gets he smacks her in the head i mean i mean that kid's nuts obviously right i mean i i will say this that when i was maybe this was 87 i was 14 and i bought a poster of samantha fox 
from Tape World in Greasetown Mall in Greece. Uh, not not the country, Greece, New York. Across the street from the video store where I first rented masker, uh, Microwave Masker and Boarding House. And I bought the poster. And the poster on the, um, the wall where you had it had a couple of topless shots of her, but like everything was like blocked out. So I brought it home and I unfolded it and suddenly I realized I had bought a poster with several topless shots and I was only 14. And I actually went to my stepdad and said, Dad, I've accidentally bought pornography. This is how square I was. Like this kid who's like 11 or 12 or 10 or, or 9 is doing like nudie things in his room and he's got pornographic post, uh, magazines in. I actually went to my, my, my stepdad and I was like, Dad, I bought this pornographic poster. And he said, um, okay. And I said, come with me. I uh, brought him down to my room. If you know the stories of my room when I was a kid in high school, I had the most kick-ass room ever. But I brought him down. the. We opened the wooden door that was embedded into the wall in the family room that you, you couldn't see unless you were looking. And we walked down the hallway of my room where all my books were, my clothes. And we went in a little space with the bed and the stereo and the dresser and the, the big bookcase. And I said, here it is. And I unfolded the poster. And he looked at the poster and said, Oh, well, that's not really pornography, Danny. That's just, you know, it's just some topless shots. Um, uh, you know, you can, I said, w would you like to take this out back and burn it or, or maybe mail it to the Pope and he can chastise me in, in whatever ways he sees fit? And he was like, no, just keep it. Don't hang it on your wall. Don't, don't let your mother know you have it. I was like, thank you, Dad. And I still have it right here. Look at this. Oh my gosh, that's a kick-ass poster. I'm kidding, the poster's long gone, but um, but that was, like, I applaud this kid for, um, well, you know what? If you're going to do a nudie, like, like I was able to stash that poster away for ages. Um, if you're going to do a nudie puzzle in the middle of your room and your mom is lurking around, watch it. And I love that the house is clearly a pretty darn big house. And yet, the only portion of the house seems to be the front door and that room. So I love that the kid hears them approaching, finishes his puzzle, goes in the bedroom, and then it seems like a moment later, they're like, let's go, and they go in his room. Rather than any of the other rooms, they seem to go right to his room. And I love that because it's sort of like, I'm... It's it's that's the way exploitation works. You know, you, you cut out the, the middle man, the middle person, the middle everything. You go from... I'm at the front door. The killer, who is hiding away, is in this one room in this huge house. But we're going immediately from the front door to that room because that's the way it works. That's the way exploitation works. And I love it. So, yeah. And so the mom was dead. And you see her head on the, like, um, a little bench or something in, in the closet. And it's awesome. And there's blood everywhere. And it's, it's so great because I love it because the room is pretty darn pristine. But then it's just covered in mess. And I just like to think it was like that was a set in the studio in Madrid, and they just slopped it in gore when the sh when the shot was when the shot was done. They just take it down and they just tore down the place, which I love. So that's the opening four minutes of pieces. Um, and we do indeed have pieces. We have the lady in the puzzle. And the puzzle gets kicked and you see the pieces fly into pieces. And I'm not going to say like when, when the mom is approaching the puzzle, there are a lot of blue pieces on the floor. Whereas the, this is a pink uh, puzzle. 
uh, the background is pink, so I'm not 100% sure um, what she, what he's doing. Maybe he's doing two puzzles. But And I do love there's a moment where the mom finds another puzzle in like a bench kind of thing. And she like like picks through some of the pieces, throws them around, and throws the puzzle aside. Like, like yeah. I mean, maybe like boo, 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 You know, he's like, what is she looking for when she does that? She doesn't find it clearly because she throws it away. But I, I love, um, yeah, these are great. For, this is a great form, opening four minutes because you get the, the weirdness of, this is in Boston. This is in 1942. But this is gory. And this is strange. And that kid was obviously nuts. And what's going to happen next? And they just tore this set apart with the gore. I think I think it's a lot of fun. So let's so the next the next minute I don't I I imagine the next minute is going to basically cover the opening credits. I will have to get back to you on that in the next episode. But thank you so much everyone for joining me for this episode 1 of Pieces and Pieces. I'm going to get that wrong. Pieces and Pieces minute by minute ish podcast uh, covering the first 4 minutes of Pieces here and the next one we will cover Eh, who knows? Thank you for listening, and uh, listen to this.